Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, listeners. Welcome. Uh, I am Andrew Kahn, the University of Michigan men's basketball beat writer for MLive. I'm joined by my Michigan State counterpart, Kyle Austin. And this is this is take two for this <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State uh, men's basketball preview. And it's I don't mean that in that it's the second matchup of the season, but rather just the second try. The first game uh, scheduled for January 8th in Ann Arbor was not officially canceled until that morning due to Michigan's COVID issues, but the Wolverines are healthy, the Spartans are healthy, and, and barring something uh, unforeseen in the next 48 hours, which is certainly possible, uh, we'll play this game this time in East Lansing. So Kyle, welcome. And I guess, you know, the first thing is, you know, if you can kind of tell us what the Spartans kind of have, have looked like lately. I know they're coming off a one point loss at Illinois, but mm-hmm. that's certainly a, I mean, a respectable loss. You know, they won the game before that in Madison and then lost before that. So it's kind of been a little bit of up and down, but you know, how, how have they looked uh, up close and personal recently? You know, probably a little shakier than the last time we talked uh, and we looked into it. You know, I think um, they were won seven, seven or so in a row at that point and we're feeling pretty good. They hadn't really played anybody, but um, we're playing some pretty good basketball overall. Um, and now, as you mentioned, they've lost two or three. Um, I don't think it's anything to to be too up in arms about. This is a good league. Uh, they were going to take losses. Northwestern at home, probably not a great loss. Um, we saw Michigan, you know, Northwestern plays everybody close, uh, yep. but Michigan State is the only team they've beaten. And we saw Michigan sneak by them uh, last night at Chrysler. Uh, so not a great loss there. And on its face, a one-point loss at Illinois is there's no shame in it, but Illinois is playing without Kofi Coburn and without Andre Corbello. So I think that's a game that they felt like they could have had. And, you know, a lot of the same issues. Uh, they still turn the ball over a lot. They had nine in the first half against Illinois. They had 17 total for the game at home against Northwestern. So they've been doing it a lot early in games and putting themselves in a hole. It was 14 points. Uh, they went down eight, nothing early at Wisconsin. So they're, they're kind of coming out disjointed, throwing the ball away. And then, you know, a lot of times they've been able to dig themselves out of it with their offense. You know, they, they've had a lot of games where they're just shooting it very well. They have a lot of different weapons on offense. They had, uh, I think, the Big Ten's best shooting percentage for a while. They might have dropped slightly below Michigan, actually, now, at least in conference play. But they've been able to kind of get their way out of it with their offense a lot of times, uh, which is what they did against Wisconsin. But sometimes they can't. And if their teams are, you know, they're getting into the heart of Big Ten play, they're facing tougher defenses, teams that have them scouted better, I think, than a lot of non-conference opponents did. And and it, they've, they've struggled to keep some of those offensive numbers up. So a little shaky now. I mean, they're still one of many two lost teams in the Big Ten. They're right up there at the top. They're better overall than we thought they would be, but um, maybe not feeling quite as good uh, as a couple weeks ago last time we talked. 
and it's a complete opposite story for Michigan. You know, had this game been played, you know, the, the first time as it was originally scheduled, Michigan was on a two-game losing streak, and they they had problems on both ends of the floor. And obviously, they it looked like they were going to maybe be a little shorthanded in that game. Now, of course, that's what ultimately postponed the game is that they were so shorthanded they didn't meet the scholarship minimum to play the game. But since then, Michigan has been a different team. They went to Illinois, were shorthanded, didn't have uh, Hunter Dickinson, their their leading scorer and rebounder in that game, as well as some others. And they they played Illinois tough. I mean, in the end, it was a 15 point loss, and they only scored 53 points. But the defensive effort was there. You know, undersized and undermanned. They 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 fought hard, which again. Michigan assistant Phil Martelli made a great point afterwards saying, you know, when the opposing team and opposing coaches say you played really hard, that really means that you just didn't play well enough uh, (laughs) from a basketball standpoint. So, you know, playing hard is is great, but it's kind of expected. You don't say that about Mm -hmm. good teams because, yeah, they're playing hard, but they're also making shots and, and, and doing some other things. So point taken there. But Michigan has built on that. Uh, they've now won three in a row. They, they beat Maryland at home by 19. They won at Indiana by 18. And then, you know, Kyle, as you mentioned just last night, Wednesday, they snuck past Northwestern with with a late surge in that game to win by two. So suddenly they're on a three-game win streak. The offense in particular has turned it around. The shots are falling. Caleb Houston ha- has really caught fire, you know, these last three games. And we'll, we'll talk about him more. I know we got a, we got a question um, in advance about that. And feel free to, you know, put your your questions in the chat here as well. But yeah, so Michigan is feeling is feeling much, much better about itself coming into this game. Yeah, I'm, uh, we'll talk about that matchup. But I think number one in matchups I'm looking forward is, is at center um, because um, I, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Michigan. My, my sense is that Hunter Dickinson is playing the way that they expected him to play kind of at an All-American, um, All-Big Ten, certainly uh, type of level. And Michigan State, <laughs> very strangely, has not really been tested with uh, an elite center, I don't think. They've had this strange run of key guys being out um, when they play them. You know, they play Northwestern at home. Pete Nance uh, couldn't go in that game, had an ankle injury. And then, you know, you play Wisconsin. They don't really have a um, a strong center. And then you, you look in, you think, okay, here's Kofi. You know, let's see the big matchup. And then Kofi's out, you know, with concussion protocols. And yet somehow they lose both of those teams, oddly. But it's, um, you know, I think we talked about this last time. It's can Marcus Bingham, you know, defend against him? You know, he he's going to give up strength. Um, he's going to give up pounds. But I know Michigan State's hope on the defensive end is that he'll be able to use his length to kind of bother him. You know, to to disrupt entry passes into there, to to contest shots, um, not get shot over. But you know, we've also seen Marcus Bingham at times foul. We've seen him at times kind of just get pushed around um, on the defensive end. So it's going to be a kind of for Michigan State fans, it's going to be a you know his Marcus Bingham grown up moment. And, I, and I'm sure they'll 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 use doubles and they'll use digs from guards and stuff. It won't just be Marcus Bingham. But um, that's the one thing I'm looking for because if he plays kind of the way we've seen him sometimes in these big matchups, it could be a big game for Hunter Dickinson and then that won't be a good outcome for Michigan State. Yeah, so it's been interesting these last few games. You're you're absolutely right. Dickinson has looked very much like the All-American that that people thought he could be entering, you know, his sophomore season. And and to an extent, all three teams have thrown a double team at him uh, Mm -hmm. lately. So, you know, Maryland did it and he still made 10 of 14 shots and also had a career-high six assists. Um, and a lot of those led to threes. Michigan made eight of them. The next game, Indiana, they 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 did it, but they admittedly kind of botched uh, <laughs> botched it as far as how they were. In what Indiana? They were, no, no, no. What yeah. they were coached to do <laughs> and what they actually did. They kind of let him just face up, see the double team coming, and, and you know pass out of it. So, you know, Michigan hit 11 threes in that game. 
but Dickinson also feasted, you know, made made nine shots, including three mm-hmm. threes himself. So that was kind of a disaster for, for Indiana's Michigan scored 80 points. Northwestern, you know, it, it was a combination. It kind of depended who was in the game, but they didn't have to deal with Hunter Dickinson all that much. I mean, in the end, he played 29 minutes, but it was disjointed because of foul trouble. He didn't play down the stretch because he fouled out. So that that was maybe not the best indicator of, of how, you know, whatever Northwestern wanted to do with mm-hmm. with Dickinson, but they did they did limit him, especially in the in the second half. He only finished with you know with nine points and two assists. So yeah, that's always the the fun matchup. And, to and watch. I, I can take a pretty good guess about how Thomas was going to approach that because his general philosophy has been: I'd rather give up the two than the three. Mm-hmm. When we talked last time, Michigan was not hitting its three pointers, but now it seems like they are. Mm-hmm. And you've got a real threat of him if you double him, him passing out, finding an open shooter, and giving up a three instead of a two. So in in similar situations like this before, Izzo has said, "I'm going to mostly single team, maybe get a, a dig from a guard, not a true double team, but like a dig here and there, um, and maybe let him get 20 points. But if you can make them uh, shoot a poor percentage from three point range, and Marcus Bingham can do okay, I, that's going to be my guess as to what they do on Saturday." I think that's that's smart. Let's talk about the point guard matchup because they both have grad transfer point guards from from smaller schools. You know, Michigan with Devonte Jones and Michigan State with Tyson Walker. But I know that's not the only point guard that plays no. for Michigan State. Yeah, I guess I guess kind of what what has Walker and um, Hogard AJ Hogard. Hogard. Okay, um, I'm make sure I pronounced it right. Yeah, a one two punch and kind of different different guards, different styles. Um, Walker is quicker. He runs their fast break better. He's the better shooter of the two. Um, Hogard is, is bigger, kind of a tougher defender can kind of get into the lane a little bit more and bang around and, and get baskets there. He's probably the better passer too, although he's had his, his issues. Um, and he's a good defender. So kind of different, different styles of play. Um, and they're kind of going different directions. Tyson Walker, I think it's an adjustment playing in the big 10, you know, and going from, you know, he was at Northeastern, the colonial athletic association, getting used to the big 10 where teams have a good scout on you. Teams are physical. He maybe hasn't had the best two or three games had a decent second half against Wisconsin but you know he's turning over sometimes he's a guy that seems like can let a turnover to kind of get to his head and get thrown out get kind of thrown off his game um AJ Hogard is kind of picked up the slack there but it's it's really kind of a guessing game any night as to who's going to be the guy I mean there's times when Tyson Walker's finished out close games and been the guy there's times when AJ Hogard's done it so uh, probably Hogard on a little better trajectory right now but you know you could really see the end of the other two and you know part of it could be who they feel like matches up better um against Devontae Jones because they've got kind of two different looks they can give and Jones is just another example of a guy who's playing much better now than he was the last mm-hmm. time we previewed this game. You know, he's he's hidden now 46% from three, um, you know, limited attempts, 33 so far. But, you know, distributing the ball, uh, he made free throws down the stretch last night. Still kind of a careless turnover here or there and, and, and a silly foul, but... You know, overall, he's been he's been pretty good. He makes tough shots at the rim. You know, he looks he, he's a pass first point guard who can score and he's a good defender. So he's been, you know, much closer to the Jones that they thought they were getting a little closer to the production that they got from Mike Smith, um, you know, in a, in a similar role last year. And that's been key to, to to Michigan's kind of surge here lately. You know, another, as I alluded to earlier, is Caleb Houston, five star freshman, top 10 player in the class, you know, a, a, a starter from day one and he he was struggling he was in a you know two for 21 shooting slump from three-point range over over five games and he has absolutely turned it around um you know starting with michigan's win streak he he makes three or four from deep against maryland five of seven against indiana and three of five last night 
Um, and he's, you know, he's scoring from inside the arc too. So um, this is now, uh, you know, 16, 19 and 18 point game for him. And he's just been, he's just been lights out. And, and that's been huge for Mich- Michigan team that isn't, that has really needed that outside shooting. And I know we got a question uh, on Twitter before this about the matchup between him and Michigan State's freshman, Max Christie. I mean, would you does it seem like they probably guard each other based on kind of I was, matchups? Or? I was just looking at that. I, I'm I'm going to guess that they put Michigan State at least puts uh, Gabe Brown um, on Caleb Houston. Okay. You know, pretty similar size, and um, you know, Michigan is going to be smaller there. You know, they've got Eli Brooks six one at shooting guard, and Michigan State's got six foot five um max christie so it's going to be can max christie guard a smaller guy which i think he can out of those two guys i think you're going to want max christie in that matchup so you know i don't think michigan state will uh, match that up defensively but it is interesting because it is two freshmen and max christie has had um a pretty typical freshman season where he's had games where he's really um he's really feeling it i think he's he's probably their most talented player and probably has the most upside but you know like you just mentioned with houston thrown in played basically 30 minutes a game from day one and and you're gonna you're gonna get what what you think you're gonna get with that you're gonna get good games you're gonna get bad games he was one for eight at illinois uh illinois fans were giving him an earful just because he's an in-state kid there he's a, a suburban chicago kid so i think that got to him um and it'll be the first first rivalry matchup but we've certainly seen games where he can hit three four three pointers uh really standout shooter and we've seen flashes of kind of the athleticism, get to the hoop, you know, a pullback dunk or something here and there. Not a ton of that, but he, he's a dangerous offensive player. He's, very, he's been very streaky lately, but I'll be curious to see how he does in this. But I think I think they'll put Gabe Brown on Caleb Houston, at least defensively. Yeah, and I mean, Michigan, they'll use Eli. Eli Brooks will guard the who they feel is the best, most dangerous offensive player on the perimeter. So, you know, within mm-hmm. within reason, he's not guarding on a, the opposing team center ever. But, you know, whoever is that perimeter player who they feel is, is the best, that's who he'll guard. Now, Gabe Brown, that seems a bit of a, a stretch to maybe make him guard that. And then that creates some problems for some of the other guys. So you think it might be Brooks guarding guarding Christie Christie too on on that and they're they're pretty Um, close as far as like if you're picking a best player out of those two yeah um there's not to me there's not a clear-cut guy Mm -hmm. and then yeah you've got the Brown Hauser kind of combo that's who's starting for them recently right Hauser or have they yeah Hauser's been starting all year and that's an interesting one too because you talk about a size disparity uh Diabate Mm -hmm. has several inches on those guys but I know Michigan State's they feel like uh maybe they can be a little bit quicker than him and and get around him too so right and in some cases trade three for two um so so yeah that that's really what it is I mean Michigan's bench is is kind of uh, not a revolving door but it 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 does change from from game to game I mean Howard usually likes to play eight or nine guys but it's not always the same group you know you can count on Frankie Collins a, a freshman getting you know some of the minutes for for Jones at point guard and Terrence Williams kind of filling in at, at various forward spots. And he's been, he's been instant offense off the bench at times this year, 10 first half points against Indiana when Michigan had guys on the bench in foul trouble, uh, a big three late when, you know, they had a couple starters that were, that had fouled out. And then, you know, uh, other guys, it, it kind of just it does depend on the night. I mean, Brandon Johns, uh, you know, in East Lansing, uh, high school grad, you know, at times has he started at times for Michigan, but mm-hmm. like last night, he has a little bit of a slip up in the uh, in in the first half. No pun intended. He loses his shoe um, and ends up kind of chucking it towards the bench. And and mm-hmm. Juwan Howard then he, he pulls him from the game late in the first half, and he he didn't get back in. Um, wow. He did not play in the in in the second half, including down the stretch when Michigan needed someone. They turned to a, a walk on Jaron Falds, you know, to play those 
play those minutes in the front court. But yeah, so that's something something to watch. But I don't know. Do as we kind of wrap this up, do do you have a lean in this game? I, I'll I'll start by just saying I kind of always lean towards the home team in this matchup, especially especially Big Ten games. But and that's how it's gone. It's a uh, between Jawan and, and Izzo, they did play two times each of the last two seasons. Obviously, mm-hmm. no fans last year, but you know the home team has won e- each time, and that's been a surprise at times. I mean, M- Michigan, you know, the Big Ten champs last year, and and yet beat by Michigan, a Michigan State team that was you know mediocre at best, you know, on the last day of the regular season, and you know the year before, I think people would have given Michigan State the edge, and yet you know mm-hmm. the Wolverines pulled it out at Chrysler. So yeah, I guess what what some of the things are, are you looking for in this game? You know, the, the good thing to say about Michigan State is that they are defending every game to give them good enough, well enough to give themselves a chance to win. You know, okay. talk, talk of opposing field goal percentage, opposing points per game, defensive efficiencies. They're right up there and they've been consistent and really haven't had any lapses. They had a bit of a swoon with their rebounding, but seem to be over that. So they're not getting blown out by anybody and they haven't, you know, they haven't played Purdue yet or um, or some of the a lot of top end teams and they probably will at some point but you know the two losses are by two points and one point um, had some big wins so they're I think they have a good foundation and you add that to playing at home like you said they're going to be I think there's going to be some matchups they can take advantage of you know you know I look at the four and you know one guy I, I need to mention who I haven't yet is Malik Hall you mentioned Michigan's bench Michigan State's bench has been big he's been to me the best player of the last three games coming off the bench um, a guy that you know when they really need someone to to make buckets down the stretch he's been the guy to do that um, and when we mentioned him and Diabate I remember asking him before the first time we thought they were going to play, he said, yeah, kind of, you know, size versus uh, strength matchup. And they feel like maybe they can they can take advantage of that. So, you know, I, I they've lost two or three. Um, I still think and Michigan, I certainly feel differently about this than I did the first matchup. But Michigan's playing better, but I still think Michigan State's playing well enough. They get any effort like they did at Wisconsin last Friday. Um, I think they win. Um, they win pretty well. Time is always gets his teams up for this game. They'll be defending. They'll be rebounding. So I like Michigan State in a close one. But, you know, like you said, pretty much playing at home. I mean, if they were playing in Ann Arbor, I, I might feel differently. But I would take Michigan State in a close one. Yeah, as would I. I think Michigan is going to keep playing well. I don't think it just it comes to a crashing halt. I just I just think that, you know, Michigan State is another good team and, and they just they just have the edge at home. And then for for Michigan, they come back home and play Nebraska, try to get back on track there. Last thing is, you know, this makeup game that they have to yeah. still fit into the schedule and that both sides have told me that it's going to happen. Um, it's a question of win. Interestingly enough. Michigan announced today its makeup date for the Purdue game, which was, you know, scheduled after the Michigan State game, but uh, has been rescheduled first. And if you were looking for kind of a gap where Michigan and Michigan State could could fit this in, you don't necessarily need to find one because there wasn't one for Michigan Purdue, but they just moved one of Purdue's games to, mm-hmm. to fit it in. So they could do that for Michigan, Michigan State. They could try to wait to see if, you know, another an opponent has a COVID issue and suddenly there's an opening or, you know, they could try to do it towards the end of the year uh, between February 27th and March 3rd. Michigan, Michigan has games on those days, but not not in between. And neither does Michigan State. Now, I, I guess you could say that's a little risky to wait that long, but that that's a gap I see if they if they don't want to you know move a bunch of things around. Yeah, I, I, and I can tell you for Michigan State, it's like, I know there's, they, they will play the game if the Big Ten tells them to play the game, but I think mm-hmm. there's also a sense of we were ready to play the game, um, <laughs> and frankly, they were ready to play the game when Michigan wasn't playing that well. 
So right. I'm not sure there's a ton of people in each land team that are super keen. I think there's a good chance Michigan's playing very well, you know, at that point. And um, their NCAA tournament picture, they could be just like Michigan State was last year, very much in need of a win to get into that. And, and the game will be in Ann Arbor. So um, I'm not I'm not sure anybody they're not looking forward to the date as much as uh, maybe we are. But, um, you know, it's up to the Big Ten. Tom, as you always said, that they want to play all 20. Um, they'll do what the Big Ten instructs them to do. So, yeah, if I'm betting at this point, I'm guessing they squeeze it in there towards the end. And it could end up looking like a very different game than the one we were talking about uh, that got canceled a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. Well, we'll have continued coverage on MLive.com uh, slash Wolverines and slash Spartans, uh, including, you know, uh, some previews tomorrow, one that we'll touch on what this you know what a win would mean for for each team in this game uh, as well as post game coverage from Breslin Center in East Lansing for Kyle Austin I'm Andrew Kahn thanks for watching mm-hmm.